I'm not supposed to be here. I was told I would die before my 28th birthday, yet I am 50 years old. I'm a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and I have an amazing life despite living with two terminal illnesses. It's time for me to share my story before I can't. So here it goes. I'm Kelly Wilson, and this is my life in pieces. So today's podcast is a little different. You can choose to believe it or not believe it. But this is absolutely true. So I want to talk to you today about what I call the man at my door. From the time I was a little girl, probably age four to six, Every night, I saw a shadow of a man at my door. Back in the day, 1974 to 6, we lived in a really old, beautiful house. It was the best house in the world uh, when it came to three little girls. And back then, we had red stickers on our windows, and that was for the firemen to determine where the children were in the house if there was ever an issue, if there was ever a fire in the house. Well, every night, the moon, no matter how big, seemed to come in my window at the same time I'm going to say three o'clock in the morning and I would wake up to this man at my door I would talk to him now it was a shadow of a man and at the time it terrified me to the point where I would put my blankets over my head and put them down again. And in fact, this is going to sound a little strange, but because I kept the blankets over my head all the time, because I was afraid of this shadow at my door, I would spit on my quilt. So it was a bit wet so I could breathe easier through it. If I held it to my nose, this man at my door was terrifying me. There is someone that was a part of this every night for me, and that is my mom. So I'm going to welcome my mom to this podcast. Her name is Charlene, but to me, she's mom. And she's going to talk a little bit about this man at my door as well. So mom yes. welcome to my podcast Thank you, kelly so back in the day what i do remember and i'm sure you can fill in some blanks is that i was terrified and i remember i would go to bed every night and you would look in my closet and under my bed because i was 
terrified. So take me back to then and what your experiences, your experience was from me uh, talking to my mom as a five-year-old and, and scared of this man at my door. It's really hard to do that because it was a long time ago. I do remember um, looking in your closet and looking under your bed. I was probably, it was early 20s then, and uh, never occurred to me that it was who we found out it to be in the end. Um I had no answers and I knew you were afraid. And honestly, besides what we did and try to make sure that you were comfortable enough to go to sleep, I didn't know what else to do then. Do you remember, because I, I remember, but do you remember buying me a bed that was higher with a couple of stairs what was your was that like kind of a last ditch effort to make me feel comfortable yes oh yes I tried to do everything we could think of yeah well as the time went on I remember the the night and I would always when I would see him I would call mommy Shauna Trina Grampy mommy Shauna Trina mommy daddy Shauna Trina Grampy and that's what I would do and try to talk to him thinking it was mommy or daddy or Shauna my sister my younger sister Trina or my grandfather who who stayed with us and uh, on weekends and stuff and I remember talking to this this being and obviously with no answer um I think you had a conversation with with Grampy uh, regarding this at some point didn't you saying that I was uh scared and I always saw this man at my door I have a question for you Kelly what did you say to him I just said, why are you here? And I remember just repeating everyone's name because even though I could see him, I think even now, looking back, I thought it wasn't possible. You know what I mean? Like, even though I was young and I feel children see things um differently be you know because they're not they're not told at that young age you know no you shouldn't see that no there's there's no boogeyman kind of thing and you did the same (laughs) thing and and you do that to console your children but I would talk to him now that I know it was a him and, and ask him why, 
he was there. But for the most part, it was just, I remember, mom, this overwhelming, debilitating fear. It was, oh, I just, I remember the night that I finally walked by and I was sitting on the edge of my bed because normally I would just lay down and cover my head with the blankets and, and eventually I would fall asleep until the next night. And I, this one night was sitting on the side of my bed and I remember my knees were shaking and I was, I was, had my feet on the little step stool that you had bought me to crawl up into this bed so I could see underneath it. So I knew there was no boogeyman per se underneath it. And I remember that night and trying to build up enough courage to run by. And when I did, I ran right into your room and jumped in your bed. The man's at my door again. The man's at my door again. And that seemed to be like I would tell you that, but it wasn't until that night that I got up the courage that I could actually run yes. by him. Well. Well, and I knew that you had a, a conversation with Grampy because when I was about 21 or 22, he said to me, Kelly, tell me about the man at your door. And I explained it to him and he just said that was my room when I was a little boy and my father checked on us every night of life at three o'clock in the morning and I believe that that was my father looking in on you and the night you ran by him he knew that he was scaring you and he never came back after that night that I ran by him. And my grandfather said he was there to protect me and look mm -hmm. out for me. And he knew then that it was, you know, it was doing the opposite. And he never did mm -hmm. come back. What a shame that um, Grampy hadn't, that we hadn't talked about it earlier when you were younger. Of course, it doesn't really matter, right. I suppose, now, but it would have put your mind at ease a lot sooner. And now looking back, so you were in your 20s and I was mm -hmm. five, let's say. And now looking back, knowing I saw that knowing myself because some people would be skeptical and some people don't believe in spirits and some people don't believe that people in the afterlife can can watch out for us and I know that that happened to me because I experienced it and back then you as a parent were doing everything you could and saying oh, Kelly, there's no such thing as a boogeyman and da-da-da-da-da. You know, I just think now we both have such a different outlook on that. So now what do you think if you could go back and be your 20-some-year-old self, would you have told 
Kelly, the five-year-old. What would I have told you? Is that? Yeah. Knowing what you know now and believing what you know now, what would you have, what, if anything, would you have done differently to put the five-year-old at ease, but still allow her to see maybe what she truly if was seeing. I knew then what I know now which we never do I, uh, <laughs> I would have told you and if I had known that it was Grampy looking in on you I would have told you that and that he was watching over and even though we can't see him he still loves us he's still He's not that far away. He's in our hearts and in his inner thoughts. And he's just keeping us safe. And so not, you, there's, you don't have to be afraid anymore. He can't speak. Or we don't hear him because he's in a different world. But, the, but because we are all spirit beings... He re we can communicate sometimes. Now, I wouldn't have used those words for a five-year-old child, but I would have been able to put your mind at rest and let you sleep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I feel that children do sometimes see they do. Yes. different yeah things because i think sometimes we as parents say exactly what you did to try to comfort somebody and and do exactly the right thing because it's it's just not cut and dry it's not like something you can touch or something you can you know talk to and so it's really strange and so you want to make your children comfortable but at the same time validate what they're actually seeing because as adults we That's really right. don't know and yeah. yeah and i and i believe children do see different things as i children, know you do um have come from there that other world and i think before they become trained in this world, they still remember when they're very young. They remember and they do see these things. And then as they go to school and are influenced by parents and teachers and the world around them, then they tend to forget sometimes. Most often, I think, but not all of us. And then sometimes it comes back. That knowing. Right. Mm. Well, now in my adult life, I feel really blessed to have that. And I'll watch shows and sometimes they say people stick around mm -hmm. the spirits stick around because they have unfinished business or because they're 
um, not at peace. But I don't believe that with my great grandfather. I feel that he was just there truly watching over us. And I just had the ability and sensitivity. Uh, the yeah. blessing really to be able to see him and and uh you know I've told this story throughout my life many times and though people seem engaged some people I'm sure are going she is cuckoo for cocoa pops <laughs> and you know and I really wanted to have you on today so my listeners could a um be introduced to my mother and be to not so much validate what I saw, but to know that there was someone else close to me kind of on that little journey with me as such a young child. And there was that situation and you lived it with me I was the one at fear in fear but I think you also just felt like maybe I was just you know where was this coming from or just maybe saw a bad movie or whatever because we use the word boogeyman as uh parents with our children that are fearful <laughs> yeah are fearful of something but he was yes. true to me and it's the weirdest thing because if I could go back and still have him come to my door every night in that big black statue of a man watching out for me I definitely mm -hmm. would do that mm -hmm. and and not only um I and I think some people um spirit beings do stay connected with the people they love in that way I know your grandfather has been around me a lot and I know I've told we've talked about that before, and I think it's there's never a fear. It's always just comfort, comfort. Another watching over. He was a gentle man, like your great grandfather was. And they say that you know when someone passes, a lot of times there's uh electrical things go wrong or you know and i know the day that grampy my grandfather not my great-grandfather passed away you had said you got in your car when you got the call to go to the hospital and something was oh, going on with the radio. i didn't even what have the that? car turned on i just put the key in the ignition and you know the auxiliary or whatever before you turn it on the radio was jumping back and forth between stations it was and i could hear this the whatever was on each station but it was just going back and forth and back and forth and even before i got 
to the car, um, my hairdryer wouldn't work. So I plugged it into another plug on the same the same hole and it did work about two minutes later and then just weird stuff like that and lights going on and not going on and yeah a lot of electrical activity i remember always as a child watching the thunderstorms at the house on that big porch with the grampy and it was uh mm -hmm. peaceful it's it sounds weird but these thunderstorms and as aggressive as they were it was this calming feeling sitting there watching them or playing with our little cars going back and forth on the veranda and I remember after he passed away and I was cleaning some stuff out of his house. And as I drove away for the last time, it had not been raining. There was nothing. It was a sunny day in the spring. And I remember driving away from his house and there was I'm a massive surprised. rainbow and I stopped the car the truck actually and Tyler was in the back seat and I stopped the truck on the side of the road and I got out and I looked at this rainbow and I knew had to be that it was my and it was always over the orchard at the end of the house always yeah oh that was wonderful place well mom oh unbelievable but i want to thank you very much for coming on my podcast today and um i'm glad that we had that experience together i just wish it had lasted longer i guess and as far as my listeners you can believe this or you cannot believe this. But for me, this was an experience and it is a reality. And I truly believe that those we love are around us. And I find peace in that yeah, every day. And they do love us. They continue to love us. And I'm really glad that you invited me. Well, thanks, me, Mom. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Okay. Well, you uh, you know how important you are to me, and I hope you never leave me. But if you ever do, I hope you stick around and I'll come to my door every now and again. <laughs> I am really excited about Hometown Month. I want to talk a little bit about what things were like back then. And it was such a different time where parents weren't as on high alert or didn't need to be as they are today. And we just had so much freedom. And the best person to talk about this with me is here. And it's my older sister, Shauna, much older. <laughs> But and my one of my favorite favorite people in the whole world, and uh, so welcome, Shauna. 
welcome thank you so we lived in this giant house to three little girls it seemed massive and we had a big veranda on the front of our house the whole way across it where our grandfather would take us out there and uh, watch thundering and lightning storms and it just was like our playground what do you remember about that i remember mom taking us out there because mom was scared of thunder and lightning and she took us out there every time to make sure we wouldn't be scared of it right yeah but we, played outside, loved it. but we played outside in the rain right and you would take us back and forth on the veranda oh well i had a baby carriage a stroller <laughs> I must have got for Christmas once just one of those little gold ones with the four wheels the four white wheels like the little mag wheels on it or whatever and you I didn't put my dolls in it. I put you guys in it <laughs> I was just running back and forth and ran and mom thought actually one day there was thunder when she come out and you guys were in the in the carriage taking turns going up and down like what a different world and how fortunate were we looking back at the acres and acres oh. of land we had and we had a brook that was probably three to four acres away and we would play for hours down there I remember this one tree and it had uh tin cups that we would put on the branches and we'd catch polywogs and put them in little mason jars well and jumping over I had to get you guys over the brook so you wouldn't get wet right so I was the one who would stand in the water while you guys I'd take your hand and you'd jump across so you wouldn't get your feet wet because there was almost like a little island where that big tree was. Right. Yeah. So uh, it was the best time. And, you know, it seemed that we would go out to play at like after breakfast and we'd come home at dark and our yeah. parents or they just. Well, didn't... they knew we were safe. Right. They were like, oh, well. assumed we were safe. <laughs> <laughs> they won't drown. They'll be back. <laughs> They'll well, be back. We're all together. Right. There was three of us or five of us. Right. right? Exactly. So, so we my mom, she had a cousin and her two daughters were the same age as Shauna and Trina, my two sisters. So it was like, I was the middle child of five, literally. And <laughs> Nobody liked me. That is not true. Okay, but you, I remember Sheila would uh, yell, you guys play with Kelly, and Sean and Krista would say, fine, but we're not talking to her. <laughs> and then they'd say, okay, well, Katina and Trina, you play with Kelly. Fine, but we're not talking to her either. Anyway, it just was that, you know, did I have the middle child syndrome? got times a thousand but it wasn't always like that it wasn't no and the playing in the barn and jumping off and the stacking all the hay up and jumping off the loft i believe i got pushed <laughs> no i don't think so. oh yeah no but it was such an amazing time like we were just talking that you know the fields we had acres and oh, acres and they were apple trees yeah and the fields were mapped off in yeah. acres but with like um with log log fences right and that had turned all gray and dead trees is what they were and and some fields would be filled with black-eyed susans we knew where to pick raspberries strawberries, strawberries blueberries, blueberries like it was where to skate the best places to skate yeah so just to say this <laughs> now a days people buy those little rinks you know it 
different stores and they put them out there and they flood them so the ice builds up well nope not my parents so there was just there a was puddle. probably not such a thing then it was a puddle okay. so there was a puddle and the sticks from the ground straw straw would come up through so one time we're skating on it and shauna my sister here she fell down and a stick went right through her hand and out the other side. No, it didn't pop out. I had it those great did. big, it was... I, yes, but it didn't break the skin. I had one of those great big wool mitts on yeah. and I said, Phil, I don't feel good. Anyway, we took our, so I took my skates off Then we all had to walk back to the house. Yes. Through the great big field past Doug Speedy's house yeah. and to the front. Who was our neighbor? Uncle Laura was there with the urban truck. Remember? He yes. was delivering oil at the time. And mom took my glove off because the stick was sticking out but when she took it off it was just poking out it hadn't broke the skin on the top so i went to the hospital with dad in dad's lap with uncle Lowell driving the truck the urban truck, the urban truck. <laughs> whoops <laughs> and the hospital uh, my er, uncle earl's wife my aunt bobby she was a nurse there as well as my grandmother so anyway it was crazy every time one of my sisters got hurt i cried shauna got hurt another Until time the day you got hurt when we were driving our bikes oh yeah yeah so in harvey or in the urban parts of new brunswick the backwoods right there's no sidewalks so all there is beside the beside the white line is gravel and it's thick sometimes so Mom's like, you know, be safe with your bikes. We never had helmets on because we didn't, there wasn't such a thing as a bike helmet. Or a seatbelt. Right. Well, that's another story. <laughs> so we're riding our bikes and you're in front of me and you, your tire gets skids into the dirt and you or into the rock and you went down Yeah. and you skin your whole little finger. So I'm mad because I can take both bikes back by myself because you were in so much pain and we made it back to Juanita Pollock's house as far as we could make it yeah and I remember and sitting, I got the bike and you were sitting in the bathroom on the toilet yeah, and gonna she's gonna throw up and she's saying we gotta take you to the hospital I'm not going to the hospital nope you were a tough little bugger even back then it's like nope I can handle this and I'm thinking oh gosh but I didn't I ended up having to go I still have the scars Scar. but they put like rubber fingers over there it was like to keep the instead Dirt. of stitches it oh, was God. like to keep I don't know scars from happening I don't know what happened but I still have scars on my hand but uh, yeah even back then not only did we not have helmets <laughs> literally like everybody drove a giant car it was like like a giant car plus dad and, had a car i remember that he used to start with the screwdriver yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was no seat belts the kids were just running around in the back seat well plus we liked it when dad went around a corner because we all go <laughs> we go on one side, side or someone was laying in the back window right right yeah nobody nobody had seat belts drinking and driving back then wasn't even a thing no like, i don't know i think it was, oh, it was like thing. late 60s People or early it. 70s but it wasn't you didn't get, get charged for no. drinking and driving and i don't no. i don't even want to get into that conversation because i don't know how many people would have got killed back in oh, the day yeah. but the cars also went like 20 kilometers an hour it's not like cars went not really 20 but they didn't go like they do now i remember coming to town one time with our grandfather my dad's dad and i came for a drive with him to town 
I thought they moved Fredericton to like the furthest place away. I swear it took half a day to get there. That was my one and only trip. It was literally a 35 minute drive and normally, and it took forever. And McDonald's. Oh, brought what that a treat. Up. I did because mommy said that was a big treat because we usually we would get um, groceries at Coburn's store. Yes. On Saturdays. And then, but at treat, um, mom would bring us into like whether we're getting school supplies or Christmas stuff or whatever, mom would bring us into McDonald's. And I was like, whoa, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. If you got uh, (laughs) a Big Mac. Mac. And that's when a Big Mac was a Big Mac. Right. Exactly. You couldn't even eat it. That was like once in a month or two and we thought we were rocking it. Yeah. But the world was such a different place and i myself am so thankful for that squeaky staircase and that you know the the places we had to play and the cracks and crevices on all our property the barn and imagine now like you know children a lot of children don't get to experience those wide open spaces and there's so much technology now and I understand that's the way of the world and that can also be a good thing but to have they lose their we, imag- had, we had so much imagination right we just we, we didn't have with- anything like we just we made forts and we made you know just catching fireflies yeah we were you know how often we were underneath the veranda in the dirt do you playing know, with the spiders like just there was huge black and white spiders and we're it's like you know come for dinner you know come in for dinner and it's like well, yeah we're down here mom like mom's walking across the veranda we're underneath it yeah. like hide and go seek and on the tire know, swing oh every tire swing yeah we we just we had the best best early life i think that three little girls could have and I wouldn't change it for anything and I I think now as an adult I appreciate when I am around you know the woods and the you know I appreciate it more because it almost not only does it feel peaceful now it takes me back to my childhood and and, you know it was really a, a great place and a a great start that we had and the smell of lilac bushes and yeah safe safe safe. hay imagine hay remember haying Mm. even we're little we're tiny and we're walking around a tractor and up on the high wagon once it's full of hay bales yeah sitting on grampy's knee driving the big old tractor hey we used to walk through once we were down by the brook do you remember we used to go so next door were all the cows and stuff. Are we walking with all the cows and horses licking the salt lick? Yeah, I think you guys made me do that one time. <laughs> just because you were checking out. Well, yeah. Also tequila. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know what tequila oh, yeah. was back then. I don't even know if they made tequila back then. Anyway, I want to thank you very much for coming on my podcast because you are like the best thing ever. And having you have those memories and the same ones as me and and live in this life we have had together for you quite a few years more than me right. but uh anyway thank you very much i love you i love you too